Hey friends, welcome back to your Good Life Now podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in and listening to this podcast. I hope it is encouraging you and inspiring you to live your good life now, to realize how amazing this life is. Thank you for listening, being a part of the Good Life family. You can follow us on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, at Your Good Life Now podcast. We are everywhere, and I'd love to hear from you. Say hi. Let me know you're listening. That'd be awesome. Let me know where you're from. Super cool. Right now, we have been talking about anxiety because in October of 2021, anxiety is at an all-time high. And I pray this podcast would encourage us to not be anxious, to be filled with faith instead of fear, and to let God inspire and encourage us to still live an amazing life. So we are tackling anxiety. We've been talking about it for quite a while. Fear is the root core of anxiety. When you're anxious, it's because there's a fear underlying there somewhere. We talked about getting to the root of anxiety a couple weeks ago. Check that message out if you haven't. I think it'll inspire and encourage you, and it's actually very practical to help you find out the root cause of your anxiety. Fear is the root of anxiety, whether it's a fear of not being good enough, fear of not having enough, fear of what other people think, fear of the future, you name it, anxiety is rooted in fear. The awesome thing, the great news today, guys, is the Bible actually gives us a remedy not to quiet fear, not to tame fear, not even to reduce fear. But the Bible literally gives us a remedy to eliminate fear, to make anxiety extinct. Check this out. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Another translation says, perfect love casts out It drives out, casts out, eliminates, obliterates, makes it non-existent, no longer present. Fear can be extinct. Anxiety can be extinct. How is this possible? The Bible is very clear. It says perfect love drives out fear, casts it out, eliminates it. Love is interesting because people define it and interpret it different ways. The Bible says God is love. His love for us is a perfect love, right? But perfect love is a two-way street. Do you realize that God's love for you is basically, it's real, it's present, it's there, but it's really ineffective and powerless until somebody actually receives it. And that's what I mean by love is a two-way street. It doesn't mean that God loves you, now you better love him to a certain standard, and then that forms perfect love. But perfect love is actually formed When God loves you and you just simply receive that love, that forms that perfect love, that perfect acceptance of love. It kind of reminds me of that movie, funny movie, but inspirational as well. It's an older movie. It's called Bruce Almighty. It's with Jim Carrey. It's hilarious. It's funny. In this movie, Jim Carrey meets God and thinks he could do a better job than God. So God lets Jim Carrey be God for a moment, okay, for a while. And so Jim Carrey is, you know, doing all a bunch of God stuff, walking on water and a bunch of funny things. It's pretty cool. But the towards the end of the movie, Jim Carrey is in love with somebody, a woman, and he's trying to make her love him back because she lost her love for him. And I love this part. 
Because at the end, Jim Carrey realizes he has God powers, so he just p- kind of puts his heart, his arms out like a wizard towards her, going, eh, trying to use his God powers on her. And she's looking at him like crazy, like, what the heck are you doing? All of a sudden, he keeps doing that, straining, trying to use his God powers, saying, love me, love me, love me. And she just looks at him like, you're crazy. She says, I used to love you, and then walks away. And then he's so frustrated that God comes back and talks to him. And he asked God, Jim Carrey, the actor, asked God in the movie, the guy who plays God, how can I make her love me? Just tell me, how come it didn't work? I used all my God powers. How can I make her love me? And it's so funny because what God says in the movie is so true. God laughs, looks at Jim Carrey, who's frustrated, trying to use his God powers to make her love me, saying, how can I make her love me? God chuckles and says, let me know when you figure that out. Meaning, God can't make somebody love him. God can't, just because you have all the powers of God, Jim Carrey, the only thing you can't do is override somebody's free will. You can't force this woman to love you just because you're God and you have God powers. They have to choose that on their own. And that's what it comes back to talking about perfect love and anxiety because Just because God loves you, he can't force you to receive his love. He can't override your choice and make you love him back. That's where the ball comes in our court. The Bible says that Jesus already paid the ultimate price. God God the Father sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us, to pay the ultimate price, ultimate act of love, to die on the cross, to pay the price for all of our sin, to cleanse us, wash us, make us a new creation. He already made the first move to love us. Now it's up to us to experience that perfect love. Perfect love is experienced when God is loving you like he already has, he's doing right now. But we, he can't make us love him back. We have to choose that. We have to choose to receive God's love for us And as we receive God's love for us, that forms a perfect love. When we know that God loves us, when we experience the power of that love, anxiety and fear cannot stay there. It cannot live there. You see, and it's not even just a salvation thing. Well, of course, I I received God's love. I gave my life to Jesus. Or I went to the altar at church. Or I decided to live for God. And and that's that's all great. But it's deeper. It goes deeper than just asking Christ to be in your heart or choosing to live for Him. You see, you may receive His love enough to forgive your sins and to begin a relationship with Christ. But do you receive His love enough to let go of being driven by shame? Do you receive God's love enough to the point where it doesn't matter what others think or say about you? Because you know his love is so real for you. Did you receive God's love to the point where you see what God sees when he looks at you and you begin to see your own worth to the point where you love yourself? You see, God's love for us is not a one-time shot. It's actually something that we get a greater revelation of God the more we spend time with him, the closer we get to him, the greater our understanding of God's love for us is. I mean, listen to 
what Paul the Apostle prays for the church in the city of Ephesus in the Bible. In Ephesians chapter 3, 17, listen to this real quick because it's going to really give us some insight on how we can possibly understand God's love for us. Paul says in Ephesians 3, 17, it says so that he's praying for the church here in Ephesus, the people in Ephesus. He says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Listen, he says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Here it comes. This is what? That you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to what? Power for what? He's praying for power. You're going to need power. Power to do what? Power to grasp. This is what the verse is. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Man, what a powerful, enlightening verse that Paul is actually praying for the church. In other words, people who are already living for God, okay? These aren't people who've never heard of Jesus. These are, this is, he's, praying for the church. He's praying for Christians. He praying for, he's praying for people who already have a relationship with Jesus. He says, I pray that you ha- can have power to grasp, to get a glimpse of how wide, long, high, and deep is the love of Christ for you that surpasses knowledge. He's basically saying, I know you have a relationship with God. I know that you know that Jesus died for you, but I am praying that you can get a deeper understanding of exactly how amazing, how powerful, how deep, how strong God's love is for you. Why? Because when you understand how great God's love is for you, you will not fear. You won't fear because you will know that you are loved you are protected, you are safe, that God's love for you is present, it is real, it is powerful, and it is there with you. And when you know you are loved by God, guess what? You begin to love yourself. You begin to see yourself differently. It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter what people say about you. It doesn't matter what if they think that you're not good enough, strong enough. It doesn't matter what's going on in your world, if things are rough, if you're wondering how you're going to get through these situations, if you know that God loves you and God is with you, like the verse in the other verse in the Bible says, if God is for us, who can be against us? And that's why he's saying, man, if you could just grasp how wide and huge is this love of God for you, if you could just get a glimpse of it, you will feel powerful. You will know that God is for you. I love another verse in the Bible says, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nor height, nor death, no demon, no angels. Nothing can ever separate you from the love of God. Do you believe that? Man, if you believe that nothing can separate you from the love of God, you will live a different life. You will be free. Now, I've had a relationship with God for so long, but I am still praying, God, give me a greater understanding of your love. Because see, the problem is with us, as we live through life, as we experience life and go through disappointments and <clears throat> go through heartaches and go through different things that that just make life rough, make life hard, right? 
The Bible says that in this world, we will have trials, tribulations, hardships, hard times. We got to be careful because it's in those hard times that we can begin to lose sight of that great love that God has for us. And we can think, well, if if God loves me, why am I going through this? If God loves me, why is this happening? If God loves me, and you see what happens is we begin to lose sight of how great God's love is. We begin to lose sight of that because our human experiences with love influence how we interpret God's love. Experiences we have with people, how they love us, how people who we loved and how they loved us back or didn't love us back and hurt us, all those relationship experiences influence how we interpret God loves us and God treats us. But you got to understand God's love is perfect. God doesn't love us the way your parents loved you, the way your spouse loved you, or the way that person that you thought should love you didn't love you. God doesn't love us like God's love is perfect. It's perfect and it's real and it's genuine. It doesn't fail. It's patient. Isn't that what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13? It gives us the full definition of love. What does it say? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That's the definition of love that the Bible gives us. And that's the definition of love that we should use to define love, not the faulty experiences of love that we've had through other human beings. We, we're all faulty. We all have sinned. All, every human being you meet, nobody's perfect. That means we're not going to love perfect. So let's not define love by the people we meet and experience. Let's define love by the way God loves us, which is perfect, which is amazing. When we accept that God's love is not like human love, instead, we need to reprogram our mind in the definition of love that the Bible gives us, God's love has for us. And when we do this, man, anxiety and fear is literally extinct because the greater understanding of the love of God you have for you, for your life, the less fear and anxiety you will experience. That's what the Bible says. That's the truth of it. So my question to you before we end this podcast is, have you lost your first love? Have you lost your first love? Has life beat you down to the point where you don't have that powerful love experience that you used to have with God? Now, remember when you first met Jesus. Remember how excited you were. Remember how you told everybody about this new relationship you have with Jesus. I mean, I remember the first time I gave my life to Jesus Christ and and experienced his love. I was telling everybody about it. And I'm sure the same thing happened for you when you first realized how real God is and how much he loves you. Now, remember that joy, the fire, the experience you have And I know the devil has been causing ruckus in your life, disappointments, shame, maybe even rejection, fear, all these things in your life in hopes to diminish that love that you and God have experienced. And what happens is you begin to lose that first love that you had with God. 
Have you lost your first love? Has the love you had with God, has it been diminished? Is it, is it getting overpowered by the responsibilities and pressures and burdens of life? If so, if you look in the book of Revelations, when Jesus was talking to the churches, he talked to one church and he says, you guys are doing amazing. I only have one thing against you. You've lost your first love. You don't love me the way you used to. And what does he say? I love if you read the rest of that chapter, he says, do the first works that you did when you first met me. In other words, go back to the first works. Go back to the things that you used to do in the beginning. So let me ask you, how was your relationship with Jesus in the beginning? How was it when you first met him? I mean, I don't know about you, but when I first met Jesus, I would come home. I was in high school, so I would come home, rush through my homework so I could hurry up and read the Bible and learn more about Jesus. And I would literally read the Bible for hours to learn about him, to understand him more. And to and all of a sudden, my, my love for God was exploding. I would reach out to so many people, pray for people, encourage people, introduce Jesus to so many people. Those were the first works. And if I am not doing those things, the love for God diminishes in my life because the pressures and the burdens and the weeds of life begin to snuff it out. So if you have lost or feel like maybe you haven't lost completely your first love for God, but maybe it's not as strong as it has, I want to encourage you with what Jesus told the people in the Bible to do. Do the first works. Do what you did in the beginning. Do what you used to do. Isn't that what happens in a marriage relationship? When two people are dating, you know, the, the guy's usually bringing flowers all the time and the girl's fixing herself up all the time. And, and, and that's the first works of love. And then all of a sudden, after 20 years of marriage, you know, there hadn't been flowers lately and the girl doesn't care to fix herself up anymore. Whatever the situation may be, the first works stop. The chocolates aren't there anymore. They stop going on dates because they're too busy taking the kids to sporting events. So all of a sudden, the first works diminish and the love begins to get cold. The same principle happens. How do you revive that marriage love? You know how you do it? Do the first works again. Start bringing some flowers again. Start having some date nights. Start doing these things. And all of a sudden, as you do the things you used to do in the beginning, that marriage flourishes. Well, the same thing happens with your relationship with God. What did you used to do in the beginning of your relationship with God? What was your life like when you first met Jesus? If you feel like your love for God has gotten cold and anxiety is stronger than the love of God in your life, if fear is stronger than the love of God in your life, then you have been losing your first love and it's time to do the first works again to start doing the things you used to do when you first met God and rekindle that love relationship with Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, as you get back into the Bible, as you start praying like you used to again, as you start blessing others like you did in the beginning, all of a sudden that love of God is going to be so strong that the fear and the anxiety, those voices start getting lower and lower and diminishing and diminishing to the point where you can truly say like the Bible, if God is for me, who can be against me? And you can say with confidence, nothing can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And that's what Paul was praying for the church in Ephesus. He says, I pray that you can have power 
to grasp how wide, long, high, and deep is the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. In other words, it's so amazing that you won't even be able, you can't even explain it. And that's when you can smile through a trial. When things are going rough in your life, you're still smiling. How the heck are you smiling? Well, because God's love for me surpasses knowledge. I know things look crazy in the natural, but I know God loves me. I know God is with me. God is for me. I know because God loves me, I can love myself. I can appreciate my life. I can be grateful for my wife, for my family. I can say life is good. I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. God is guiding my steps, is leading my steps. I haven't missed a moment. I am exactly where I need to be because God is with me. I'm telling you, that's the power of knowing the love of God. And that's what God wants for you today, right now. Let's make anxiety extinct by getting a greater understanding of the love that God has for you. And you can do that by receiving that perfect love. God's love is there, but just like the movie with Jim Carrey, God can't force you to love him. You have to say, God, I receive your love. Jesus, come into my heart. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you paid the price for my sins. Forgive my sins. Come into my life. Make me a new person. I receive your love in my life. Give me a greater understanding of your love. Show me your love. And if you can do that, if you would seek him, if you would read that Bible again like you used to, open up that Bible, pray, talk to God just like you talk to a friend. And you, if you pay the price right there, you will experience the love of God like never, ever before. And when you experience the love of God, I am telling you, anxiety and fear aren't just diminished, they're cast out, just like the Bible says. No more fear, no more anxiety. Instead, be filled with the love of God. I hope this is inspiring you and encouraging you. If you ever have any questions, if you ever want some prayer, reach out to me. I'm here to inspire and encourage you. That's what I'm all about. That's what this podcast is about. So be encouraged. I pray you see his love like never before. It's time to shake off anxiety, get the power back in your life. Know God is for you and not against you. What an amazing experience, amazing feeling, amazing revelation to know how much he loves you. He does. He loves you a lot. And I hope you understand. I hope God opens your eyes as you're listening to this podcast to see how his love has never, ever failed you. It hasn't. Ask him to show you. He'll show you how. So, my friends, I hope this inspired and encouraged you, as always. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And as always, my friends, cheers to your good life. Good life, good, good life, yeah.